0: Welcome to the Cap City Outfitters podcast. This is one episode 115. Uh, you got Chris and Brian, and today we are going to uh, have a discussion around the difference between being peaceful and being harmless.
1: Yeah, there's a there's a distinct difference there, guys. This is something that's come up, um, and and it makes its rounds. You know, there's there's some kind of quote around, um, you know, hard times make for hard men, which make for good times, which make for weak men and which make for bad times and there's the, some kind of loop going on there um, when it, we're just some things going on you know here locally that's or locally across the country and whatnot is it's it's come up that there's there's a significant difference between being peaceful and being harmless and and you can be incredibly capable of incredible violence. Um, and still be a peaceful person, um, and I think that you know, without going all political on you, um, you know, capable of violence, have the tools for it, have the knowledge, etc. Um, I, I don't know. Brings me back around to if gun owners were as violent as the left says we were. There wouldn't be any of the left left. But well, no. I, I would anyway, that, we'll jump yeah. into we'll jump into that and talk today about you know capabilities um, and a choice to be peaceful versus if you if you just are peaceful because you don't have anything else in you, you're harmless. And,
0: What's that? I think there's a samurai <clears throat> saying kind of around that, that it's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war.
1: Bingo. Bingo. Yeah, and, uh, you know, so, yeah, we would, you know, we're better to be a, a uh, uh, well, anyway, we about squishies and stuff like that. But anyway, I'll let that go. Cool. Cool. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, if you, so our, our take on this is you probably surmised Is that if you aren't capable of violence on demand um, with good effect, then you aren't actually being peaceful because you can't bring about peace in the event that you need to.
1: Exactly. Um, You know, a lot of this, guys, comes down to being being educated warriors, um, being... Um, Moral, warriors, being somebody who's standing on high ground um, as a warrior, as somebody who's capable of violence, but, you know, choosing to use it only as a last resort. And somebody who also is educated and takes the time to learn, you know, the other skills that come before being a warrior. uh, Statesmanship, the ability to negotiate, have conversations, debate things, um, being intellectual, being, you know, the warrior poet as well um, being well-read and understanding, you know, if you're a warrior, what is it you're actually fighting for and, and how do we, how does everything not turn into a fight? Because it turns, you know, we'd also, also don't want to be the guy who, you know, everything looks like a nail when, when you have a hammer in your hand kind of mentality versus, is there a different way to build something than, than necessarily beating it senseless? So, um, you know, we, we've got some folks within our tribe who I would say really live this life uh, to a large extent, and I would say almost everyone within our tribe is capable of violence on a number of different levels. Whether that's empty hand, whether that's uh, you know uh, with a firearm, with a knife, with whatever the case may be. Um, but but most of all, I think it's it's a it's a mental aspect too of of training and being dedicated to some of those arts, whatever they may be, um, and and then not necessarily being that's the first thing you go to because I think if if you trained in those arts and that was your first thing you do was react with that training, um, you you know, you'd probably be in jail already. So, it's the ability to control it as well. Um, And so, it's okay to look like a squish if you can make things happen, but it's not okay to be a squish and not be able to make things happen. So, uh, we're going to kick that around for a little bit.
0: Yeah, I think one of the other things is, you know, as a warrior, if we're we're looking for ways to either avoid the fight, especially the civilians, uh, because the fight we're not in is the fight that we win. Yeah. Um, on many many levels, including legal, uh, medical, um, yeah. after after action consequences of getting getting into a fight with potentially the wrong people or people that don't, just choose to flat out not play by. You know, any legal rules.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Generally, we refer to those folks as non taxpayers. Um, you know, that don't or feral they're, humans. Yeah, they're feral or feral humans. There are no consequences for them other than, you know, the life that they already lead. Um, so, you know, it, it's it's this, like I said, this is something that's come up in conversation here recently quite a bit around you know, how do you deal with some of these situations and, and how do you, you know, thinking your way through them all fine and dandy. And if you can outsmart the bad guy or you can. Or you can talk yourself out of a situation. That's all a wonderful thing. But if you can't, that's you know that's kind of an ugly thing too. And you need to be able to go someplace ugly, so that you're on top at the end of the day, and you get to go home and see your family. Um, but if you're not capable and you don't have the skill set that allows you to do that, you're you're not peaceful. You're harmless. Um, and so yeah, that's uh, like I said, that's come up quite a bit. It's interesting. Yeah,
0: I think the, the scary thing too is that there's a lot of harmless individuals that are looking for you know, law enforcement or people with guns to come yeah. take, take things away from people who are actually peaceful.
1: Yeah, yeah we're seeing you know, politically right now a, a lot of concerns around folks on the left um, who, who I would say are physically and, and in life generally harmless. Um, but politically and legislatively are extremely dangerous, Um, and if you want to take away the tools that good guys need, and, and a lot of the, you know, a lot of the warrior class in our country right now are guys that have served in the military and been overseas and done things like that, but a lot of those guys have come home over the last 30 years and gone into law enforcement and gone into doing services that are protective of their tribe and their community, and, and those are folks who, you know, they're, they are capable of great violence and they restrain themselves. I say if you're law enforcement, you're probably restraining yourself on a near daily basis if you're out on the street and interacting with the public, um, in certain areas anyway, for sure, uh, where, you know, uh, the politically the push over the last 15 to 20 years, if not longer than that, has been to demonize the police and make the police the bad guy. Um, and, and these are people that we truly want them to be capable of great violence when the time comes. And, and when you look at the data around showing restraint, you know, I'll, I, I will get political for here for a minute. Uh, one of our guys uh, brought up the, the comparison, and I don't know if I mentioned this on a podcast recently or not, but brought up the comparison of there are about the same number of doctors as there are police officers in the country. Um, police officers, according to FBI Uniform Crime Stats, in 2019 killed 990 people, give or take?
0: Yeah, something like that.
1: Nine hundred and ninety and and I think that I think there was a is was that a specifically an unarmed
0: was that was that was combined
1: that was, that was, was nine hundred so under a thousand people um, and then we got down to like ninety of those people were unarmed now does that mean that they were does that mean that they weren't capable of violence even though they were unarmed, and were they trying to get the officer's weapon? Um, it's something of that, you know, And as a police officer, you know, or as somebody who carries a firearm as a concealed carry permit holder, you need to be cognizant of the fact that, you know, every fight you get in involves a gun because you brought it, um, you know, and that changes the tone of that fight a little bit too. It makes it a little more serious um, because if the bad guy gets your gun, you're potentially screwed and possibly other people around you as well. So it makes it a little more serious. So anyway, getting back to the the data point that was brought up, With roughly the same number of police officers versus medical uh, versus doctors specifically, um, we have, and this is not to disparage doctors. So if you're a doctor, please don't get mad at me. Um, But, you you know, we're look at uh, about a thousand people killed by law enforcement total versus somewhere, depending on whose estimates you look at, somewhere between 200,000 and a half a million or 450,000. Again, depending on whose numbers you look at killed by medical professionals, medical malpractice, malpractice, etc. Now, again, not all that can be placed squarely on the backs of the docs. You know, there are other people in the medical profession that that can make mistakes, etc. But generally, from a chain of command conversation, uh, the attending physician is generally the responsible party, is going to be deemed the responsible party. um, Even if someone else makes a mistake, that's kind of where the buck's probably going to stop to some extent. So Understanding that that comparison is maybe not exactly, you know, an apples to apples, it's still an interesting commentary that a quarter million people, you know, die of medical malpractice every year um, and no one's saying ban, ban doctors, ban doctors, ban doctors. Um, So, you know, interesting conversation because I don't think we want to defang the people who do their best and put their lives at risk every day to keep us safe. Um, you know, we kind of want to let those folks be able to make that choice that if it's time to escalate and it's time to be capable of violence, it's probably on the greater, it's the greater good of the public and it's on the public's behalf, um, by and large that they would commit that violence. And at that point, it's not a crime, it's a service. Yeah. So it's important to recognize that, you know, that, that violence at sometimes is, is actually the answer. Uh, there's an re factor t-shirt there somewhere um it has calculus and stuff like that or algebra so i, I you know i don't know what it means i've just seen that the end result is you know violence sometimes is violence is the answer so uh, i do think the you know the um surprise violence of action and, and speed
0: oh speed surprise and violence of action yeah
1: yeah quoted i don't think that quote's actually attributed to gandhi probably not probably not but i still like the t-shirt so Yeah. Check out RE Factor, by the way. Uh, But anyway, yeah. So, you know, like I said, guys, just kind of kicking around the idea of, you know, we we just saw in the news um, kind of a a comparison of the United States with China. China is actually has classes for masculinity is they're teaching their younger, their young males, their sub adult males masculinity. They're teaching them to be. Uh, masculine they're teaching them to be men to be you know however you want to look at that and in our country we have this big push and if you're if you're masculine at all um if if, if testosterone has any part of your life then you're you're toxically masculine um you know to the extent that you know and, and again not to pick on feminism or anything like that but when it becomes a bad thing to hold a door open for somebody i i hold doors open for males and for females both um, and curiously enough, I've never had a male get shitty with me for holding a door open for him, Um, but I have had some women get mad at me and act like, you know, I can get the door myself. And, and, and I think we're, we're beating the, the task to- toxic masculinity maybe needs to go away, but maybe we also need to look at how we define masculinity. Um, uh, because if you're masculine in, in, in a mindset of wanting to be, um, the keeper of your tribe and keep them safe and, you know, take care of them and do good things for them and acts of service for them, that you need to be capable of some different things. And maybe violence isn't your thing. Maybe you're capable of phenomenal accounting. Um, maybe you're capable of really good organization. Maybe you're capable of really good leadership decision-making skills. Um, but there's got to be some folks out there that are capable of violence as well and, and can still maintain the restraint to only use it when it's appropriate. And it it feels like that is being carved out of our society uh, with an alarming lack of thought to its necessity. So I feel like I'm yeah. preaching, I feel like I'm the, and the Lord saith unto thee, <laughs> Yes, so yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, yeah, you know, on that note, um, I think there's a Paul Howe quote from Black Hawk Down that I, I use every once in a while, um, in the newsletter. But there's, there's large portions um, within the world, and especially within sub-parts of American society, um, where the only respect is for violence. Yeah. Um, and it's what they use to keep, you know, order or maintain control of territory. Um, yeah. Yeah. And if you're, you're not willing to, basically, to bring more and to bring it harder, um, it's like, there's no way to win that fight.
1: Yeah, at all. And, and you know, in, in the way the world is right now, when you're dealing with angry mobs that are angry about things that I'm, that seem very real to those people. And and the reality check is if you walk into someone's turf in a bad part of town, you're challenging them simply by existing. And, you know, and there's a part of that where, you know, you depending on who you are and how you react to it, you may be able to get through that without a violent encounter. Um simply by by being confident in yourself but still not being disrespectful to the folks that that live there um and who generally maintain control of that area but when you get you to you know when that devolves into mass groups of violence um riots for example you know over some of the things we've seen in the last year or so uh when that when it devolves into those kind of things and and you know the police aren't coming to save you um because they have their hands full um you know or or worse they've been told to go you know they've been pulled off the streets because the mayor's willing to let the city burn, um, to let some people protest and, and I don't know, curry favor with certain communities. I don't know. Anyway, um, you know, at that point there may not be negotiating and, and it may be time to be capable of those things. And if you don't go out and train, you don't spend the time, you know, in, in the dojo on the, you know, on the mats at the range. And then beyond that too, you know, um, you know, knowing how to fix things that need fixed after the fact too, like medical training and things like that, um, you you know, that 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 power of violence, it, it, it could very easily come to visit you and it seems like it's more likely now than it's been in a long, long time. So being prepared for it's definitely something you should probably consider doing if you haven't. So yeah, interesting times. This makes me all like down and sad. <laughs> makes me want to drink more coffee and then go to the range.
0: It's not a bad thing.
1: No, not at all. Not at all. So Cool. Yeah.
0: Um, on that note, too, you know, maintaining good situational awareness, um, both at the immediate level, you know, when you're out and about. Um, also, I'd call it the, like, what is it, preparation of the battlefield. So, yeah. kind of, you know, regional intelligence, um, knowing, you know, what common threats are, you know, where threats are. um, You know, getting kind of up to speed on that gives you the ability to spot things perhaps from a distance. Yeah. You know, do I want to stop at this gas station or should I go, you know, two exits up the highway and stop
1: at that one? Exactly.
0: Um, You know, am I able to leave, you know, parts of my tribe in the car to run in or should I, you know, get gas and leave? Yeah. Um, You know, is is there – who's maintaining security on the vehicle, on the tribe? Yeah. Um, You know, there there are – Unfortunately, right now, you know, groups of, call them feral children, um, call them whatever you want, but basically youths
1: that are youths. <laughs> sorry, my cousin Vinny referenced there the the youths. So uh-huh. good youths you know, who are
0: you know twelve to fifteen, um, stealing cars, running around with guns, um, just causing mischief and mayhem. Yeah, you know across Central Ohio, um, and unfortunately, there's. There are, as one of our friends would call them, trash humans in the prosecutor's office who are quite willing to just let this continue to happen.
1: Yeah, and I, you know, and I, and not you know, you look at like some of the 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 edicts brought down by the city of Columbus and by the state of Ohio that that forces some of this. You know, some of the sentencing edicts and some of the catch and release mentality around stuff. Um, you know, I mean, for example, you know, in central Ohio, you have a firearm stolen out of your car. The the police aren't Going to take a report generally for a firearm stolen out of your vehicle, you're going to have to call that in. And unless and that's, it's
0: worth a certain amount of money.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Well, thirty-five hundred dollars or something like that. Well, that just just so we're all clear, that's not the police making that decision. That's the prosecutor's office. That's the that's the courts here locally um, being driven by the politicians saying, you know, well, this is what we consider a crime. That's not actually a crime. And it's pretty interesting, you know, we've we've talked to, you know, some of our guys that are local guys, local LE guys that are customers that, you know, have caught bad guys um, in possession of narcotics and in possession of weapons, um, weapons under disability. So these are people with prior prior crimes, you know, prior convictions with weapons and whatnot. and, And that person's out of jail in a day or two, you know, and their bond at one point was like $85 for a guy in possession of enough drugs, possession with intent to distribute or sell or whatever, and then also had a weapon and was weapons under disability, and had a juvenile rap sheet. Of course, that doesn't apply now because, you know, as an adult, we get a clean slate and get a start over. Um, you know, back on the street less than three days later for $85 bond, that's your court system at work. That's your, you know, and so I don't, I know that there are good people in the prosecutor's office, so I don't want to besmirch them because sometimes this is being placed on top of them, but there are some judges here in central Ohio that need the shit smacked out of them. Um, when you have somebody who's doing violent things to people or stealing cars and getting in chases with the police, well, you know, well, gosh, you know, it's just kids being kids until they run over somebody pushing a stroller or run into a minivan with, you know, people in it and and kill somebody, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, now we have a manslaughter situation going on for what was just kids being kids, um, you know, and, and unfortunately, there needs to be consequences and punishment for that type of action, and if you're a juvenile, it doesn't seem like it's happening right now. Um, in any way, shape, or form in Central Iowa. So, again, you're back to you're on your own. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, frustrating. Very frustrating. I was going somewhere with that. I lost it. I lost it. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think one of the other, you know, takeaways from that is, you know, unfortunately right now um, there's nobody that's coming to save you, um, partly because they've got their hands tied behind their back. Yeah. um, Partly because, you know, it's politically inconvenient for anything to happen. Yeah. yeah, so be aware that you're most likely on your own.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And again, we're not we're not definitely not picking on the police. We're definitely backing them in this conversation. But in a lot of these cases, if you're sitting there, you know, we've got a lot of a lot of dudes with local police agencies are out there. They want to hunt. They want to put bad guys away. They want to protect their community. Um, you know, they got a, a lot of guys and gals that are that are very want to be very aggressive about that. But but more and more, and it's not even necessarily the police administration as it is. It's it's the government officials here locally looking down on them, um, you know. And I, I will throw out like you know kind of the Rosen example where you know you have somebody who who if you studied this and you actually know what happened versus listening to what your minders told you happened, um, you know there was there was no there was no bad action there on the part of of Rosen. The bad action was all on the part of the bad guy. And quite honestly, I think Rosen probably capable of significant violence and showed phenomenal restraint um, based on the circumstances of that situation, uh, but was basically made a sacrificial lamb and taken to the slaughter. Um, And thank God was backed up, you know, by the FOP and and brought back into the fold and is able to do his job again today. Um, But that's something that paints that guy for the rest of his life down the road from a legal perspective and from a professional perspective, uh, incredibly unfairly based on what Andy wanted in, in Andy's not a good person so
0: yeah Andy should be in jail for other stuff
1: yeah red light scandal um you know yeah red light camera scandal what yeah what yeah epstein didn't kill himself what so (laughs) anyway so yeah so not not to be not to be debbie's downer plural uh but you know just kind of bringing this conversation to light you know because it's apropos of the times we're in and i don't think this podcast unfortunately um is going to age quickly i think it's going to be relevant for probably the next three or four years politically because I think you're going to see more push to try and make authority what we've always considered the right authority, the bad guys. Um, And I don't think we're going to see the courts change significantly either in that regard. So um, if you didn't have your crap squared away already, it's probably time.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, One other note, you know, if you get into conversations with those on the other side, uh, you know, who are just dismayed at, you know, the violence taking place around Central Ohio
1: mm-hmm.
0: or, you know, the inability to stop it, um, kindly remind them that this is their policies uh, yeah. coming to, to bear fruit. Yeah. Uh, and that every time, you know, they they complain about policies or, you know, have to ask about procedures or whatnot, you know, sure. or try to do a, you know, a ban at Columbus and, what state level unconstitutional, yeah. you know, ban like Columbus just tried, you know, to restrict magazine capacities and do all kinds of firearm preemption stuff, um, you know, remind them that the consequences of those actions are what is happening right now.
1: Yeah, you're, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. well, <laughs> ironically, elections have consequences um, on both sides of things. So yeah, you know, and, and we're definitely, like I said, I think we're going to get a snoot full of that over the next three years or three and a half years. Um, so gird your loins and prepare for it. But also it is important that you be able to have those conversations and debates intelligently with the people who don't necessarily agree with you. Because as, as the people who vote to defund the police, um, see a decline in police presence and all of a sudden they're screaming, where's the police? Um, remind them that the reason the police aren't there is them. They're the reason the police aren't there. So, and, and if you're, if you're a lefty and you're listening to this, um, must have fallen and hit your head, um, but I'm glad you're here so cool uh, remember that and and like I said if that's a conversation anybody wants to have, healthy debate is a wonderful thing, especially amongst people that don't agree um, you know come to choir practice let's have a conversation about it uh, and'll and we'll happily explain to you why your policies are faulty and what manner of mayhem and unhappiness they're going to lead to'm um, I'm, I'm more than happy to have that conversation politely and professionally so yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, you get anything else? I
1: don't. I don't. I'm done preaching. I'm gonna step off my soapbox before I fall off of it. So, guys, uh, I would say stay salty, stay frosty, Um, keep your powder dry. To quote one of our good friends, Um, you know, God love you, Tom. So, uh, anyway, thanks for tuning in, guys. We we really appreciate it. Um, Brian's gonna fill you in on some super good information that you need to know about Cap City as we go. And please stop by. Happy to talk. Happy to show you some toys. Happy to tell a lie, hear a lie, whatever. <laughs>
0: uh, on that note, I'll put the standard boilerplate for the end in. Uh, we're staying on Facebook and Instagram as long as those commie, fascist, whatever they are, tech yeah. their let us stick around. Yeah. Uh, when we get new inventory in, uh, we post it up on there. It's basically first come, first serve. Uh, give us a call with a credit card, and we can hold things for you. Uh, Or step in and see us. Uh, Sometimes we do hear tires squealing (laughs) out front when we make a post. Uh, But try not to cause any crashes over on Cemetery Road. Um, But yeah, look for us at Cap City Outfitters on both Facebook and Instagram. Uh, We try to post um, relevant training uh, updates, things like that on there as well. Uh, We do an email newsletter once a week. um, That comes out on Fridays. You can sign up for that on our website, capcityoutfitters.com. Or uh, drop us an email to info at and we will happily add you to the newsletter list. Uh, on our website, you can find valuable information such as how to do an FFL transfer or how to purchase a suppressor from our storefront over at silencershop.com. Um, so check out the website, capcityoutfitters.com. And then lastly, please come visit us at the store. Um, we're in Hilliard, Ohio, 4465 Cemetery Road. Uh, yeah. We look forward to seeing you soon. Uh, Please note our hours are 10 to 5 Tuesday through Saturday.